In this political season, many different groups have become the targets of hateful rhetoric. And it's not just Trump. Several Republican candidates have tried to score political points by scaring up hatred of Muslims. Jeb Bush, for example, said he would sign off on accepting Syrian refugees to the United States so long as they're Christian. And Donald Trump boasts of wanting to ban Muslims outright, while at the same time arguing that Christianity is under siege. Comments like this have helped fuel discrimination and violence against Muslim Americans. Mosques around the country, from Texas to my hometown of Portland, Oregon, have seen right-wing protesters turn up at their doorsteps. Renee Gross of Making Contact Radio brings us this story from a mosque in rural Michigan, where leaders are organizing community members to get more involved in the election campaign. In the face of hatred, some of Michigan's Muslim residents are volunteering and organizing to change the state of politics. I had a friend, she came up to me, and she was like, you know, I was wondering, is, is ISIS like Islam? Is it real Islam? High school student Hadisha Mohammed is one of the many people who came to the Muslim community of Western Suburbs Mosque to talk about Islamophobia tonight. That's because tonight is February 12, 2016, the year anniversary of the shooting of three Muslim students near the University of North Carolina. Yasir Kogali facilitates the discussion. We have to start with being able to talk to each other, and that is where we have to start. Since the attack, though, hateful rhetoric has increased. Hanina Ekment is a concerned mother at the mosque. When my son comes to me and says, it really doesn't matter what you do, they're going to hate us anyway. But there's a byproduct of the hate. I think his mobilizing a lot of people makes our job a lot easier. That's Dr. Muzamil Ekmet. He grew up coming to this mosque and has tried hard to make sure that people know the politicians in the community. This hasn't always been easy. Many of the people who first started the mosque were immigrants who came here in the 70s and 80s. They didn't always have the time to meet with politicians or volunteer for campaigns. Muzamil knows this firsthand. He's the child of immigrants. Uh, it's a cliche to say, boy, my parents came with nothing uh, off the boat or off the airplane and worked hard. And, but, in for, you know, that is really the truth. They came, they're so focused on making a living, making sure that their kids had a good education uh, and were safe that I don't think they were that focused on politics. Neither was the mosque. Again, in the early 2000s, there was still a lot of uh, discussion as to whether Muslims really, sh- uh, the American Muslim community really should get involved in politics. And politics was thought of as distasteful. It thought of as, you know, you'd have to compromise values. It was difficult for members to decide what values they should champion. Similar to other religious communities, they had both conservative and progressive ideals. It's very tough to figure out which ones take a priority. Are you going to fight against homelessness, make sure everyone has affordable health care? Are you going to uh, go after fighting abortion or same-sex marriage or, or things like that? A lot of the community simply stayed out of the political realm. Then everything changed. It happened during September 11th and, uh, uh, and the uh, horrible tragedies of that time. The media was shining a negative light on Islam. But members of the mosque wanted to show the public that they were engaged American citizens. Only, they found their presence wasn't always welcomed in politics. When people try and enter the traditional Republican parties and the caucuses and the party meetings, and we've had people who've done this, uh, they are alone. Uh, They're often uh, ostracized. Uh, They clearly are left out. Um, And... uh, 
even though they might share some specific conservative values, uh, it's, they are not felt like they belong and they're not welcome. Some feel these experiences in the Republican Party are shifting the mosque to the left. Now they're becoming very liberal. That's Sibira Ekmet. She's Muzamil's mother. Sibira has strong feelings about who she wants to vote for this year. So, of course, not the Republican this time. Sibira has voted Republican in the past. In 2000, she voted for Bush. They shared many of the same conservative values, like being against same-sex marriage. But Sibira wasn't happy with Bush's foreign policy. She wasn't happy about how he treated minorities or poor people, and she wasn't happy with the economy. Because of the war and all those things, uh, it was really worst. For the average people, it really pinched your, you know, pocket. Siberia voted for Obama in 2008. She's been pleased with his presidency. Now she's voting for Hillary Clinton. She, being a woman, she's very sensitive to the issues of the families and raising the kids and education and economy and all those things. And second thing is she's very experienced in the foreign policy. Siberia still disagrees with Hillary on some points, but she says she has to look at the bigger picture. And for right now, Republicans are much worse. To me, I think they're creating hate. They didn't even stop Donald Trump being a presidential presidential nominee. He shouldn't be able to create the hate in this country. Like It's not good for anybody, not for Muslim, not for Jews, not for Christian. Fighting back against the hate is a major reason why Siberia gets involved. We have to go to the town halls meeting so they know it. They know Muslims are here too, and we we are the normal people. We are not you know, we are not terrorists, and we have the rights too. The one who who come here to live here, this this is our country, this is our country. Though we have a different religion. As CNN projects that Donald Trump will be the winner of the New Hampshire Republican primary. Dr. Syed Taj sees America as his home too. He is watching the New Hampshire primary results with his family. For me. The reason I entered politics was that I'm not different than any one of you. Taj was born in India and immigrated to the United States in the 70s. But he found few people like him represented in politics. So in 2007, he ran for city council. I was everything myself, campaigner. So I'll come home 5 o'clock, put it in my walking shoe, and I start going knocking doors. Some people said... What are you? I said, Democrat. They shut the door on me. Some people said, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, we like to vote for you. Another said, normally we vote only conservative, but since you are at my door, we'll vote for you too. Taj ended up being the first ever Muslim elected to his town city council and the first Democrat to be elected there in 30 years. He did so well that he decided to run for Congress in 2012. He was leading in the polls until... What do we really know about Syed Taj? We know he relies on political support and funding from the Democratic Socialists of America. We know his extremist contributors include the Council for American-Islamic Relations, named as an unindicted co-conspirator in funding the terrorist group Hamas. And we know Syed Taj wants to advance Muslim power in America. Syed Taj, too extreme for Michigan, too extreme for... Taj says the ad took quotes out of context to play on the public's fear of Muslims. Even though Taj had been leading in the polls, he ended up losing the election. But he isn't stopping. He's running for Canton supervisor this year. 
As for the mosque, it isn't slowing down either. Just as the uh, black churches were so integral to the civil rights era in mobilizing people, the mosques are similarly very important in mobilizing the Muslim community. Muzamil is working with the mosque to connect members with politicians and make sure everyone is voting. He's also helping his family do more. Last election cycle, he set up his mother at a phone bank to make phone calls for a local state representative. He told his mom about a way she could be especially helpful. Why don't you make phone calls? Call your friends up. We have phone lists that they've been able to put together on names that sound Arabic or Indian, and, and they will listen to you more than they listen to some other uh, intern who doesn't speak the language, and that's what they've done. His mother found that when she made these calls, people really did trust her opinion. They said, that, you sure this person will be good for us? They're going to represent us? Not. So I said, yes. We did some, you know, we did the interview, we know the person and all these things. Then says, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> this type of political engagement not only helps make a difference in the community, it also makes a difference in the lives of immigrants doing the outreach. Muzamil has seen this with his parents. And when they start to become politically involved and people come to them to ask for votes or feel like they need to send them something in the mail or call them, they're sort of taken aback and say, wow, you really do need me and you really do value me. And I think that has really done, uh, done wonders in getting them feeling more involved, feeling more American. Still, feeling American isn't enough. The members of the mosque know they have to prove they are American to others. At the Islamophobia meeting, there's a consensus among many that this isn't fair. They shouldn't need to prove anything. But for now, they feel they have no other choice. For Making Contact, I'm Renee Gross in Canton, Michigan.